Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, that's about it. In the Oshayan, this should be... Should only be about like 20, 30 minutes. Okay. Depending if we go on like yeah. some weird tangents or something. <laughs> but, uh, Nothing too crazy? Yeah, no, it should be good. Okay. But uh, yeah, alrighty, cool. Welcome in everyone. It is August 23rd, and today I have a special guest, Cheyenne Byer, a former Miss Wyoming 2017, um, and a local political activist. Uh, Cheyenne just helped run a campaign for John Heineman here for Sheridan House District 30. Cheyenne, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, let's just get right into it, Cheyenne. You were helping John Heineman run for House District 30. You guys didn't get the result you guys wanted. Super close race, though. The results were really close. Um, what was kind of your favorite thing helping John in that campaign? Overall, it was just a really fun first thing out of college experience for me. Going into it, I had gotten a phone call from John and his wife, Erin, in about February or March, asking me if I would be interested. And I had known Erin previously because I worked for the food group when I was here at Sheridan College, but I didn't really know John, and I was kind of like, sure, I'd, I'd love to do it. I had been asked by Senator Barrasso to do one of those internships in D.C. with him this summer, but with planning a wedding and everything, that just wasn't in the cards financially. You know, you're not really raking in the bucks there. Um, so I would have loved to do it, but this was kind of the next best option. And overall, I just really clicked with John and loved getting to know him and working with him. I've had a lot of great bosses over the years, but he was probably my favorite one just because he's so much fun to work with and just taught me a lot about being a well-rounded person with integrity and character and doing the right thing even when it's hard. Mm -hmm. Well, and then Erin, she's such a great person. Too. Oh, I love Erin. <laughs> um, what was your day-to-day -day, uh, like um, when you guys finally started um, going, when you got hired on? What, what, what did that look like for people that might not know what does a campaign manager do, especially for a smaller, I don't want to say smaller because it's still a state government position, but, um, you know, for a house representative, what did that look like for you? Sure, yeah. Um, it was kind of come every day, one at a time, but I started off, especially during COVID when we were really more in lockdown this spring and not going back to college after spring break, but I started out by building his website, so I did all that by scratch, and John had a really great, mostly female team that was completely completely local um, that helped did design and graphics, all kinds of stuff like that. And then I got to help piece that together together for the website. So I was one of the main people for that. And then once he announced his candidacy and filed all his paperwork, um, it kind of went into day-to-day -day database and volunteer management, um, organizing different events for him, keeping track of finances. And there were financial reports and stuff at the end that you have to file. Um, and kind of just keeping track of that, you know, walking neighborhoods and doing door knocks every Saturday, attending any forums and community events that we could to kind of keep on top of that. And I really enjoy doing the social media and marketing aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So that was a good fit for yeah. me with developing his brand. Absolutely. And, and I think it kind of was like a perfect storm. Maybe, um, you know, he had you on for the social media stuff in COVID, right? You know, I mean, it, it was a, a, not a very traditional campaign season because you couldn't really at first go door to door. I mean, you could, I guess, and stayed away from people, but um, the social media and the online was probably the most important thing. Did you have to um, wrangle him, him in, you know, like on his schedule? Was that kind of your job too? or do you not want to say on air, but um, is that something too that you had to kind of like keep him in, in um, 
in schedule with, hey, we've got these things that we need to do, or was he pretty on top of all that kind of stuff? Um, somewhat between me and Aaron, we would wrangle him, but <laughs> John pretty much um, scheduled his own events and like meetings and stuff that he had to do for advertising, so he is really organized and on top of that, but I would coordinate, you know, if he had to meet with someone on city council or the city manager, so stuff gotcha. like that. You were the go-between there for yeah. those types of meetings. Perfect. Well, so like we said, it wasn't um, the outcome that you guys had wanted, but it sounds like it was a great experience for John. Uh, it sounds like he, uh, his message was he enjoyed doing it and going through the process, and you kind of said the same thing. And like you said, Barrasso had asked you to, um, you know, go do that internship in D.C., but with uh, planning a wedding and, um, like you said, financial and school, that probably wasn't going to work out. But um, now we kind of alluded to it, but what are you looking to do now? Um, the campaign's done. But um, we were talking about it before. I think you've got a big date coming up in October. So what other things do you have planned uh, for the end of the year? Yes, yeah, so we are getting married in Spearfish in October um, at a wedding venue that I helped start up there last summer. So that was kind of my introduction into the wedding world, and that kind of popped up out of nowhere the previous late, late fall, I should say. Um, and I got to be with that venue through the whole startup process from planning to building and then starting weddings. Um, and I just absolutely love that. I had no idea previously that I would be interested in that industry. And I, that's absolutely what I want to do in the future. So, you know, come a couple years down the road, I'd like to have a venue in Sheridan. And we kind of have dreams and ideas for what that would be and how that would differ from my previous experience. And just branding little nuggets that are coming up in my mind, I guess. Yeah. But that's what I'd like to do down the road. Cool. Well, and I know I, I just recently got married, and um, my wife, she kind of did the planning herself, and I can tell you right now that you're definitely in the right um, business model because there's a lot of work that goes involved, um, you know, outside just the venue. I mean, if, if uh, it sounds like you'll be kind of like a wedding planner. I mean, well, it'd be a venue, so you can do some planning, too, if they want it, but... Um, I know from experience watching her do it, and I mean, we I would help obviously when she told me to, but um, there goes a lot into it that you don't think about. Um, anyone out there that's not married, it's like the weddings are a big thing. Like, there's a lot that goes into it, and um, it is fun, and I can tell that you're really passionate about it. And I wonder, I want to ask you this: Is the campaigning for John was it kind of similar? Because you got to market, you got to get people lined up. Um, I mean, there's only you know the voting day is not really like you're. Um, getting everyone together, but it kind of is almost similar. Yeah, no, it definitely, there are some connections between that. I have to say that a connection that I drew multiple times on the campaign trail was between pageants and politicians. Mm. They're, the only difference between those politicians and the pageant girls are that they don't have to wear a pretty evening gown. Yep. That's about it. But I mean, the debates, like, that's the same thing you had to do at Miss America and all the preparation that he did. I was like, yep, this is what I've done. Yeah. So. so that was probably very helpful, having that experience. Yeah. John, and, yeah. Um, do you try and get him to, hey, you're, we're going to clean you up a little bit. You're going to wear a suit. <laughs> did that go over well for him? John has his own style, you know? He's always repping the Heineman for house gear. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey, I will say, did you help? with those logos i didn't know that was all the designer and she was amazing that, i was gonna say those are that was when he when he announced um i did when he came out i was like man that's really cool with his name and um everything so um 
let's kind of backtrack now. We wanted to hit kind of the current events, uh, Cheyenne, but we kind of already talked about it. Um, kind of tell me a little bit about growing up here in Sheridan, um, growing up on a ranch, you know, being in agriculture, livestock. Um, how did that influence you um, in running for Miss Wyoming um, or just growing up in general? And then it sounds like, you know, you've got this entrepreneurial spirit of, uh, I want to start a wedding venue. Um, you know, obviously that could be an event uh, center too. It doesn't have to just be weddings, but um, kind of tell everyone about growing up in Wyoming, growing up in Sheridan. Yeah. So I moved to Sheridan when I was 10, actually from Iowa. And to me, this is always home. I've loved Sheridan. And to me, Sheridan is a big city too, compared to where I came from. But in Iowa, I lived on a farm, so thousands of pigs and cattle and all that jazz. So I've been around ag my whole life. And then moving to Wyoming was kind of a downsize from that as far as livestock goes. But we still had cattle and horses. I practically grew up on horseback. And so all of that kind of transitioning into ranch life. And I've always lived out in the country and loved it. And that's definitely helped shape my identity and who I am. I think, especially with going into pageantry then, a lot of people in Wyoming don't understand that there's anything different than Miss Rodeo Wyoming, you know, they're like, oh, you're the one on the horse. And I'm like, well, yes, I can ride a horse, but that has nothing to do with this. Yep. And, um, and that's neither here nor there. They're both great systems that I, I love and I have friends in both. But um, yeah, I would say that that definitely just helped shape my work ethic and learning to go for it. You know, Sheridan is the home of Miss Wyoming or has been for a while now. And when we moved to Wyoming, my mom would always take my friend and I to the pageants almost every summer. But I never really knew what a big deal it was. I didn't realize that you got to go to Miss America. And I always wanted to do it, but I never stated that verbally. Mm -hmm. I don't know why not. I just, like, figured that everybody else could tell that I wanted to do it. So when I turned 18, I automatically wanted to compete that first year, and everybody was just shocked. They're sure. like, why? You? Like, what? Mm -hmm. And you never said anything. And it was definitely just in my blood. It's what I wanted to do and won the second year out so that was exciting that's awesome well and i think there's uh, kind of what you mentioned too is like there's a stigma maybe you know because wyoming is very rural oh yeah i think a lot of people don't think of um what we think of pageants are those the the shows you know we mm -hmm. see the little girls out there competing the toddlers and tiaras yeah, <laughs> i think that's what people think of and so maybe that's why they're like oh you wanted to do that and it's um i don't think that's what it is when you're actually running for miss wyoming you know, yeah it's a little extreme um let's kind of talk about that a little bit um what are some of the cool thing you kind of talked about the experience it helped you with um with john and kind of like getting him ready for debates and um public speaking you know being out there what what other things did miss wyoming um in in running for miss america kind of help you with sure Definitely the public speaking and staying up to date on current events. I don't think the average person has any idea how much those girls have to know. I mean, you go into your Miss America interview and you're expected to answer questions that the president himself can't answer, and you have to know it. So um, always reading and up to date on the news, and I, I still find myself in that cycle even years later because it just becomes part of you. Um, but mostly that year, and it was in me previously from just growing up in the family that I did, but that spirit for entrepreneurship and serving others through that was really developed in my years, Miss Wyoming. I just discovered the difference that I could have and that it was so much more than just the way I looked or the crown or what I wore at an event um, and the people that I was meeting and the organizations that I could work with and different, um, different title holders use it in different ways and take different things from their year. But I really drew upon that service aspect and that's what's carried on 
since I gave up the title. It's never really changed. I've continued to work with those same organizations, um, and I'm looking at a job with one of them still mm-hmm. today. So it's kind of cool how that's let out and become a legacy. Yeah. So it sounds like some very uh, cool, um, you know, maybe life goals or kind of a, a life-changing, you know, noticing those habits about serving others and uh, understanding your power of um, I can help people and serve people. Um, let's talk about a little bit about um, you've done some work with the American Heart Association. Um, is that one of those things that you fell into with um, as you were at Miss Wyoming? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the title holder before me actually kind of started developing a relationship with them. And then when I was crowned, I think the gal that I work with now reached out just a couple days later um, and we automatically clicked and I just started working with them really closely and they helped me do a school tour during my year. So I would go in for the jump rope, jump rope and Hoops for Heart for Kids. Um, That's a big fundraiser in Wyoming for them. And so I got to tour schools all over the state. I got to speak on the floor of the State House and Senate. So that was a really unique opportunity. And it kind of got me into lobbying, which I've continued to do for them on the state and national level ever since. So they've taken me to D.C. I've been back in Cheyenne. And I've gotten to really craft personal relationships with the legislators, even not being in the legislature. So... Awesome. That's yeah. cool. Um, let's see here. We got to hit all the questions I wanted to ask you, Cheyenne. Um, I guess my last thing, keep this nice and short for everyone listening. What's uh, Do you have a message for anyone out there in regards to the general election coming up, and we'll just keep it at the state level. Um, I will say it was a very competitive primary throughout the state. A lot of conservatives getting challenged, a lot of, um, you know, we kind of already talked about John versus uh, Mark Jennings for the House District 30. I mean, it was only about 300, 400 votes, um, and there were a lot of other close races throughout the state. Um, you just helped in that campaign, and you you are a lobbyist. What are some issues you see or some maybe uh, items that we need to be looking at as a state for the general election? Um, and then maybe some, like, motivation to end the 2020 out and... Um, you know, get us through to get us into 2021. I think everyone's looking for 2021 now. Sure. Yeah, I sure am. (laughs) Um, Most of all, I I would really just encourage people to actually go out and vote in November. I think a lot more people are aware of the general election versus the primaries, but we really focused on increasing that awareness through John's campaign. And that did work to an extent. It was still a very competitive race and a great Mm -hmm. experience, as I said, whether it had the end we wanted or not. Um, But I, I really just want to say that the most important thing to me is not so much what side of the table you're on, but the type of person that you are through that. So I I think a lot of these things can be very polarized and political, and I've I've seen it divide a lot of people, even in our community, and I was shocked by that on a small town level. Um, But it doesn't have to be that way. And I, I just think it's important that even if someone isn't voting like you, you're still listening to their opinions and still willing to work with them. You know, I still plan on being in the legislature and working with Jennings and I'm I'm still all those other people who won too you know I, I want to be part of that conversation and Absolutely. even though you know John's team 
lost this one. Um, yeah. We're definitely looking for the best for those who got in because we need to support our legislators down there. You know, these are really tough times. So I think it's important that people educate themselves on the issues that actually matter in the state. Um, some things are really just not up for debate, I guess. And then other things are on the table right now, like the budget. That's huge. And that's something that is going to affect us all. And we can say that we don't care about the cuts and that's fine until they come to us. So mm -hmm. now we voted in who we voted in. So we have to respect them and know that they're doing their best. And we have to take it one day at a time, just like they are too. So I think that's important, but Wyoming is going to get through it for sure. So yeah. the state is strong and we have smart people in there that are going to talk it out and do the best that they can. So I think we have to remember that those legislators are people, whether they're just candidates who win or lose or the ones who are elected and go on to office, they're still just people. And it's important that we talk to them and express our opinions, but respect theirs too, because they're doing their best. Yep. I think you, you, that was a great explanation. Um, you know, as a lobbyist, you know, you're not going to be petty you can't you know with Jennings or anybody else that may yeah, have disagreed with definitely John. not um, and I think Wyoming like you said we're gonna get through this um, I think we've got a great political uh, environment where um, you know we can go you know I'm gonna I guess go be Wyoming as part of the media now but like I can reach out to almost any representative any senator um, We'll see if we can ever get one of like the national uh, U.S. senator, U.S. representative. But um, you can't do that in most states. You can't sit them down and talk to them and interview them. And um, and then I will say here in Wyoming, we can sit down with people most of the time and have a conversation and not be uh, yelling at each other and calling yeah. each other names. So um, I think that's important. And I think you did hit it too that. Um, I think that's why the primaries were so close, is I mm -hmm. think finally people were starting to pay attention and do their research and talk to whoever the incumbents are. Um, but uh, I think I will support you on go vote. I was looking at the numbers. Sheridan had a good turnout mm -hmm. for a primary. We still didn't have, um, it wasn't even over 65% of the registered voters. Yeah, I think so, it was like 62 yeah, or something. Yeah, so it was pretty low. For, I mean, everyone will come out for the general, but. Um, anyways, I think you, that was a great kind of pitch for, Hey, make sure we're voting in our primaries and knowing who we're voting in and yes. uh, for the generals. Um, one last thing, um, any, any words of encouragement for everyone out there? That's like, man, 2020 has just been a rough year. Um, I think you're excited because in October you're getting married. So yes. you're going to have a great, <laughs> that day's going to be special, but, um, we've got four months left of 2020. What's kind of your words of encouragement to people out there that are just looking for 2021? I mean, I think it's important not to wish away the time that we're in and look at the opportunities and advantages that are in it, even though this is different and it is difficult. Um, but I found a lot of new opportunities arising, and I think that has to do a lot with where we are. We live in an amazing, free, beautiful state where we have freedom and opportunities to start new businesses and adjust and do things like that. So I think we should be looking for ways that we can adapt in business and just start new things and get out there and go for it because this time is as good as ever. We're in the best place to do that. And that's what's going to support our economy and get it going again. So take the chance. Awesome. Well, Cheyenne, thank you for the time. This was great. Uh, maybe we'll get you on at another time, uh, maybe as a lobbyist. <laughs> sure. Down in, uh, down in Cheyenne. But uh, again, Cheyenne, thank you for the time. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks so much.